0: Live from atop
1: the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio, Talk, radio Show. Talk Show.
0: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Cosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that network refuse to use. No doubt. Starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for May 18th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our one of two and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the constitution for the United States of America as our guide. We're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers. One of the great peaceful solutions we have at our fingertips is, and as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the great. Country on the face of the year. Saturday was an an absolute barn burner broadcast, hard hitting to say the least. We had on Sheriff Richard Mack with us first hour. CSPoA We talked about antibody tests from across the country are proving that the coronavirus was here once again, even earlier than they thought. And they say it over and over and over: earlier, earlier, earlier. Mm. Interesting. I've been telling you that for a long time. Everybody gives me pushback, though. At first they say, no, it wasn't here earlier. Then they say, well, it wasn't here earlier in my state. And then they say, oh, it wasn't here earlier in my county. And they try to just say, well, Sam, where's the data prove that it was? And my response is the tests are harder than I'll get out to get. I described on Friday and Saturday how hard the tests are to get. I got one. I got a corona antibody test. Uh, It was negative, thank heavens. But all I'm telling you is, Wow. On one hand, I say thank heavens. On the other hand, it's too bad because now I'm super vulnerable. Nevertheless, was the COVID-19 pandemic planned? You got to ask that question. Uh, Worldaffairsbrief.com with some uh, real detailed information on that. This last Friday's release. Worldaffairsbrief.com. The COVID-pandemic. They really uh, have information showing that it was planned, that people knew in advance. Contact tracing group funded. By George Soros and Bill Gates. Chelsea Clinton, believe it or not, on the board of trustees. Does that make you feel any more comfortable? <laughs> Michael Bloomberg, believe it or not, come, um, goes ahead and partners with John Hopkins University to develop contract, contact tracing program. So now you got what? The Clintons, Bill Gates, George Soros, Michael Bloomberg, all involved. Bars and restaurants allowed to reopen, they say. If they agree to snitch on customers, we'll get into that as the broadcast unfolds, but we talked about that on Saturday as well. Wisconsin Supreme Court strikes down. Governor's locked down. Gateway pundit with that detail. Wow. Even the courts, even the whacked out judges are saying you've gone too far, right? Ben Swan, HR 6666, $100 billion contract, contact tracing bill. It's about controlling and. Tracking the population, folks. We also talked about this guy, Dr. Jayanta Batacharia. I think is how you say his name. A professor of medicine at Stanford University said people are mistaken if they think the coronavirus lockdown policies are a solution. He said, believe it or not, they have enormous negative effects, these lockdowns. So now more and more and more doctors speaking out, but Trump and Fauci not listening. Man died of alcohol poisoning, but don't worry, health officials classified his death as Corona. Wow. Looks like the uh, Trump administration sadly is going to start refunding, not refunding, not giving a refund, but (laughs) resume funding, I guess is how you say it. You don't say refunding in this case. Sorry. Resume funding to the World Health Organization. Yeah, don't worry. They're going to do about a tenth of what they've been doing in the past instead of you know, a massive amount. It's only, you know, 90% less, but it's still going to match China. So Donald Trump's starting to refund or uh, <coughs> restore funding to the World Health Organization. Shame on Donald. I thought he had guts to stop it, but no, he just backpedals. That's what we used to see, what we usually see from President Trump, though. He talks big, and then when push comes to shove, nothing happens. I'm still waiting for Hillary to get locked up to make the point, and I'm still waiting for him to get rid of gun-free zones first day to make the point. Anyway, Ben Carson... This economic crisis was intentional. Boy, candid, Ben. Good for you, my friend. Proving that it was a pandemic. United Nations warns of, quote, severe food shortage. However, in contrast, USDA secretary, quote, no, I don't expect food, store, food shortages to Hill. So, you know, do you believe the World Health or, or the United Nations or our USDA secretary? See, I don't trust either of them. But I know this. They've destroyed the economy intentionally. They'll probably create a food shortage intentionally, too, won't they? Especially if you don't listen and you start to go out and act like there's no real danger for the coronavirus. Then they'll make sure you starve, and then you'll change your tune, won't you? The economy seems to be falling off a cliff, folks. Is America's commitment to religion doing the same? William C. Duncan with an incredible article about that, and I submit to you the more we deny religion. The more we turn our back on God, the worse it's going to get. And sadly, I hope this coronavirus would turn a lot of people to God for repentance, but I haven't seen it. There's the few, but the masses in America and societies around the world ignoring God. Tragic, but true. That was our one of Liberty Roundtable Live on Saturday, man. Hard-hitting talk. Hour two, we had our guest on, Mr. Chad Nugent, the Motor City madman, well-known rocker. American singer, songwriter, guitarist, political activist, and more. TedNugent.com. We talked about America's outdoor lifestyle is under attack. HuntTheVote.org if you want to learn more about it. That's HuntTheVote.org. Ted Nugent's really saying, listen, folks, we better get out and vote. It is critical to do so. I know a lot of the libertarians saying voting won't make a difference. There's vote fraud everywhere. But I agree with Ted Nugent on this, folks. We, you know, we a lot of the patriots that want to go right to revolution kind of submit that, oh, we've tried everything. We've already done everything we possibly can, and it's all failed. Your government's failed. You sick of forking it. The fat lady's already sung. Uh, and so we've got to go to the, the next step, which is our guns. They couldn't be more wrong, in my opinion. Huntthevote.org. We've got to put our money where our mouth is with our votes. We've got to put our money where our mouth is when it comes to funding good media. We've got a lot we could do that we haven't done, folks. Sign up for Nuge Letters. Most people have uh, newsletters, but he's got Nuge, like Ted Nugent, Newsletter, Nuge Letters. Uh-huh. Rock and Roll Road Trip with Sammy Hagar. We talked about him being on the road. We talked specifically about how most of these other uh, bigwigs, you know, rock stars and stuff that won't speak out. Ted talked about this. He said, I won't mention any names, but the fact is they're all just afraid. They're scared they're not going to get record sales. They're scared they're going to get shut down by the media and TV and the world, and they're just not willing to take that chance. Made in America 2020, we talked about this initiative, which is really cool, showcasing, quote, American-made products. It's in Detroit, Michigan. It's this October 1st through the 4th, folks. 2020, madeinamerica.com. Do you know much about this? You ought to check it out. Are manufacturing jobs coming back to America? The answers are resounding yes. And they got a big event to really focus on this, and I, I commend them, and I'd I like to learn more about it. Hopefully we can get some people on from that organization. Madeinamerica.com if you want to learn more. I got that from Ted Nugent, too. I didn't know they were going to have a big event in Michigan. Did you? All right, congressional memo. 231 years in, quote, a need to redefine, wow, this is weird stuff. They're defining uh, what it means to be present, okay? We're talking about Nicholas Fantos wrote the article, the House's vote on Friday to allow lawmakers to work remotely, to work from afar will fundamentally change how Congress operates, they say. What do you think of that? Remote voting in Congress. They say that you'll be able to have a representative, and uh, don't worry, you can have a proxy on your behalf. And, and my response to that is, it's okay to do so. Congress can make up their own rules, but we better be very careful that we pay attention to the custody of the vote. The custody of the vote is critical, or we will lose big. All right, let's be aware of that. Changes going on everywhere. Lowell Nelson, org, with us. Welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, sir.
1: Thanks for having me back, gentlemen. Good to be with
0: you. All right. Did you see that where they'll let people vote remotely now via proxy? And I'm saying it's not a bad thing because we'll have the congressmen and uh, stuff like that in our uh, districts more. Hopefully they'll start to listen to us rather than the lobbyists if we do our job right. But we better be very careful about the custody of those votes, sir.
1: Yeah. Yeah. This is the first I've heard of it, Sam. So I appreciate you bringing that to light.
0: Happened on Friday, buddy.
1: Yeah. The danger of that, of course, is... um like you say, the custody of the vote—you don't know necessarily, you know how how your vote's going to be, you know, um, controlled as it gets back there. I guess I guess as long as it's recorded, um, then then yes, you can do that.
0: Um, well, and as long as we the people know what our vote. What our guy really voted versus what really got put down. See, it's going to be very hard to protect the custody there. But if we can, it's not a bad thing. Again, you're a congressman in your district more, not going back to Washington all the time and avoiding the people could be a good thing if we insist and demand and vote watch.
1: Yeah, that could be a good thing. Although the representatives are way too big, you know, the districts, you know, in the beginning it was supposed to be 30,000 people uh, represented by one. Congress one representative in the in the U.S. House and of course that's uh, way way off now. Yeah, and
0: in Utah we got about three point five million people and four representatives, yeah. so that's what eight hundred thousand yeah. per person about.
1: Yeah, yeah, you know, it's
0: so it's way bigger. It's uh, what thirty times bigger, almost twenty five times bigger. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem, and that's something uh, at some point to probably talk about and address, but for now, at least they'll be in our districts more, hopefully. The big key is how vigilant will the American people be? And just like our founding fathers taught us, you know what, if you're not vigilant, you will lose your republic. So, again, this just, you know, highlights the need to be vigilant and to be laser-like focused on protecting liberty and and protecting the custody of their votes. Yeah,
1: great point. I think it's also going to loosen up voting for, Congressman can do it, then our citizens can as well. So you'll see uh, quite a rapid change to everybody's votes, and it's done electronically. Um,
0: not yeah, they're pushing much. vote by mail this time. They'll eventually get more and more electronic yeah. when they find out vote by fail is a big old fraud and disaster. So keep an eye on that. When we come back, Lil Nelson, Campaign for we're going to talk about the latest police state scheme on your radio.
2: I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused Border Agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999, text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999, or go to DefendAPatriot.com, DefendAPatriot.com.
3: Being there with your child and being there for your child are two completely different things. One denotes a simple presence, which is a start, but can also be accomplished by someone other than you.
0: Hey, can you help me with this algebra problem?
3: See, that sheep did a fine job of being there with the child, but it didn't do a very good job of being there for the child. Now listen to the difference an involved parent can make.
2: Hey, can you help me with this algebra problem? (sighs) I'm not very good at algebra, but do you have any English questions? Because I done real good in English. (laughs) Oh, Mom. Okay, let's take a look.
3: Okay, so the algebra problem didn't get solved, but something better happened. Mom was there for her child. And when you're really there, they'll know how much you care. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. For more tips on strengthening your family, visit family.mormon.org.
0: All right, the big old police state scheme going on, Lowell.
1: Yeah, that's right, Sam. Last Friday, just three days ago, the U.S. House narrowly approved H.R. 6800, entitled the Heroes Act. But the vote was close, Sam, 208 to 199. That was uh, nine votes difference. Just nine votes different. Uh, 23 not voting, so anybody who chose not to vote, they could have made the difference in voting this thing down. But by a narrow margin of nine votes, uh, uh, this this act uh, was approved by the House. All four representatives from Utah, by the way, voted against this bill, thankfully. Um, This bill has yet to be considered by the U.S. Senate, but here is what it would do, Sam. It makes no attempt to offset any massive spending increase with cuts in other areas. In other words, they're taking Jerome uh, uh, Powell's advice, basically, Congress can spend whatever they want and not worry about the deficit, because why? Well, the Fed can always print more money. H.R. 6800 spends a trillion bucks, a, a third of its total cost, on bailing out state and local governments. Why is that bad? Well, the money will not be used to cover costs associated with dealing with coronavirus, even though that's the title of the bill, basically, the HEROES Act, those who are fighting this coronavirus war, right? <laughs> um, it's going to help governments deal with the consequences of their own fiscal mismanagement, right? So if you're like California, that you're way in debt, well, you're going to get some of this money to help you climb out of debt, supposedly. You're going to spend it, but you're not going to really heal the problem or solve the problem. You're just going to make the deficit problem worse And this encourages irresponsible spending. If you don't have any accountability for overspending, then you're just going to encourage more of the same, which is higher taxes and more spending, which leads to even bigger crises in the future, Sam. Um, Not only that, but the states refusing to reopen, such as Illinois, New York, and Michigan, they probably will continue to keep their citizens under house arrest indefinitely as money continues to flow into their coffers from Washington, D.C. That's not a good thing. And um, last thing I want to mention about this uh, 815-page bill that was available just two three days before the vote came, spends $75 billion to provide grants to state and local governments to implement testing. Contract or contact tracing, surveillance, containment, and mitigation with respect to COVID nineteen, right? So seventy five billion out of three trillion is gonna be going to this testing, this surveillance. Well what types of surveillance activities can be carried out? Well that is not specified. But we know that there are some unelected federal officials like doctor Anthony Fauci who want individuals to have digital certificates indicating whether they have been vaccinated or not, you know, supposed immunity from the coronavirus. And others want to force everybody to put an app on their phone, making it easy for federally funded contact tracers to track your movement. Surveillance could also mean government contact, that's hard to say, contact tracers.
0: Yes, it is, sir.
1: It could also mean that government contact tracers get unrestricted access to you and your children's medical records.
0: The name of the game is contact, test, and isolate. That's their real goal, folks. And if you let government have that kind of control over the population, look out, because here's the question. What happens when it's just another opinion or another idea or another threat or a Suggested threat or something where one government agency says it's a threat and another says it's not or one you know party says it's a problem. The other says it's not. And then you're being irresponsible. And what I mean is there's no end when we trade our liberty for security to the abuses we'll get on both ends of that spectrum. This is disaster. In the making, folks. You got to call your congressmen and senators, and you got to say, "Stop this thing now!" Believe it or not, it's HR six 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 is part of this, right? Yeah. And then the this HR six thousand eight hundred goes along with it, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yep. And I was surprised there were so many. I mean, I thought that one bill, a bailout bill, like two weeks ago, would be enough. That was like the you remember the two trillion dollar a uh, bailout uh, uh, that was augmented by $4 uh, trillion in loans and loan guarantees. That $6 trillion was about two, three weeks ago. I thought that would be the one and the only, but they've had number two, number three, and now this is the fourth big bailout bill that's, uh, that's going through Congress. And, and
0: they say we'll reject this one in the Senate. President Trump says it's DOA, but they really want them to go back to the drawing board and come up with another one. I'm going to take out this headline that says Fauci wants individuals to have a digital certificate indicating whether they've been vaccinated or whether they've had the coronavirus, because it's not just Fauci. There's a massive group in government that want this as well, Lol.
1: Yeah, and the sad thing is, Sam, this is coinciding, believe it or not, with the October 1 Real ID Act that was that's being forced down our throats by the Fed enforced by the state but, but really you know propagated by the feds and uh so i predict that by october 1st of this year we will in fact have digital certificate tracing and so forth in place because you will not be able to travel unless you have a gold star in your driver's license and unless you have a certificate proving that you've been vaccinated against things like the coronavirus
0: you get a gold star there buddy <laughs> All right. Tom Woods, com chimes in because you know what? This is dividing Americans like no other lull.
1: You know, two reasons I wanted to bring this up, Sam. Number one, everybody should know about Tom Woods and com. And um, Tom is famous for his ebooks. His latest is entitled Your Facebook Friends Are Wrong About the Lockdown. And uh, he, he goes through a number of the, the arguments that we have covered here on uh, on Liberty News Radio, uh, Liberty Roundtable, uh, day after day. And then he, he gets to, you know, the large gatherings and talks about the, um, you know, the events, the concerts, the theaters, the lectures, the church events, the sporting events. All of those, Sam, they have been taken away from us. We are banned from large-scale gathering events, right? Now, this brings us to a quote by uh, Lord Sumption of the UK. Now, I don't know who Lord Sumption is. I assume he's one of the Parliament, I guess. I don't know. But he said something very interesting. Quote, what sort of life do we think we are protecting? There is more to life than the avoidance of death. Life is a drink with friends. Life is a crowded football match or a live concert. Life is is a family celebration with children and grandchildren. Life is companionship, an arm around one's back, laughter or tears shared at less than than two meters. These things are not just optional extras. They are life itself. They are fundamental to our humanity, to our existence as social beings. Of course, death is permanent, whereas joy may be temporarily suspended. But the force of that point, depends on how temporary it really is, end quote. Sam?
0: Well, you got to ask yourself, too, if the whole purpose of government is to protect life, liberty, and property, and then they destroy our quality of life, all in the name of protecting life. You know, what does protecting life mean? Does it relate to the quality of life? Now, when they talk about your Facebook friends are wrong, about the lockdown, Tom Woods, LouRockwell.com. You know, the problem is we've had the propaganda from Fauci. Frankly, in other words, the Trump administration led by Fauci and the media to the point where people can't think straight. Experts in this realm say you cannot have people distance like this for a long time without massive social problems. People need touch. People need social interaction. People need hugs and involvement and handshakes and and now they're saying the handshake's going away forever. And okay, doctors who understand this social behavior of humans understand and highlight this, but it's being flat out ignored and shut down in the media and even through the Trump administration. They're not really willing to talk about this. Every doctor that speaks out gets kicked off YouTube, gets shut down, gets the whole, quote, medical profession goes against them and destroys their character. I mean, this has got to stop. And this highlights the reality here, Lowell. Yeah, it
1: does, Sam. And what do you make of all the church leaders that are going along with government, uh, the government line that you have to, you know, physically distance and you can't gather in large
0: gatherings? Here's what I make of it. The churches are simply saying, look, we're about... Uh, Jesus Christ, Uh, we don't want to get caught in a political uh, landscape or a political melee on this. Uh, You know what? We're not really trying to pick sides. We would like people to go back to church and let people associate uh, the best we can, but we don't want to be the guy uh, ignoring guidelines from government and get sideways with government. We don't want to be the guys that if somebody does die, that they point the blame at us. And so churches are right now stepping out of the mix saying, hey, let's just let this play out for now. But it's we, the people, that need to stand up boldly, nobly, and independent. Back in seconds with Lowell. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. All right, they're allowing us to open up restaurants and open up society, ladies and gentlemen. But again, never let a good crisis go to waste. They are literally, on one hand, pretending to give you your liberty back, but it comes with an absolute snare. You're going to swallow the hook, line, and sinker, ladies and gentlemen. Lull. It does,
1: Sam. Now, this uh, next article here, it makes me grateful that we do have a confederation of independent republics comprising this country. Sam, we do not have one nation. We have a confederation of sovereign states. we got Washington State doing one thing. We have Utah State doing another. And thankfully, I live in Utah. But over in Washington, one of our neighboring states, Governor Jay Inslee is basically conscripting restaurants to surveil diners. He announced just a week ago, Sam, that some restaurants would be permitted to reopen for in-restaurant dining at 50% capacity, you know, half as, half as many as they normally uh, had, but with a big catch. Restaurants, they were to record the phone numbers, the email addresses, and the arrival times of their diners, and then report those data to the state's government. Contact Tracing, it is called. Well, Inslee got some backlash against the new surveillance program, and he backed off a bit on his mandate. His amended mandate, however, still requires restaurants to engage in surveillance for the government. It requires the restaurants maintain lists of contact information that is voluntarily provided by customers. Inslee even provides, along with the amended mandate announcement. A form of rest a form the restaurants can use to record the surveillance information. Wow, as you can might imagine, Sam, there were there will be lots of restaurants. They'll jump at the opportunity to reopen, and they will be glad to surveil you and then share those data with the state. But here is what I suggest: citizens and business owners do when you go to the restaurant in Washington, you provide a nickname when you make your reservation, so they don't really know who you are. You can say. You're Leo, you say Johnny, Sam, whatever. Pay with cash, not with credit cards, so they can't...
0: I'm cash. just going to roll in there and say my name is Barack. You know what I mean? Barack. That's, That's right. Lesson. I'm Barack.
1: And do not provide a phone number. No phone, sorry. Just tell them, sorry, I don't have a phone. Uh, uh, now, where would you like us to sit down? <laughs> now, restaurants that are smart, Sam, they're going to be... They, they are not even going to trouble their customers for, those, for these data because... That just slows down the process for everybody. They're going to welcome you in, sit you down, and just be glad for your business. And they also won't have any forms to fill out for the government. That would be a conscientious objection by business owners. And if you go to a restaurant and you don't, you don't, you don't agree to play along or to cooperate with their little game that the government's imposing on that business, so much the better. So I'm calling on citizens and business owners alike, Sam, to be conscientious objectors and refuse to cooperate with the unlawful abuse of power by the Washington State Governor Jay. Well,
0: this is happening in states all over the country, too. And you know, one of the ways you can conscientiously object, which we support this completely, if they push too hard, all you got to do is say, you know what? I just decided I don't want to dine here and go elsewhere. And I'm telling you, if a bunch of people walk out, this is where people tell me we haven't done enough or we've already done everything we can. And liberty is a failure. Uh, This is where if enough people I'm telling you right now, if the restaurants are just empty of people walking in and going, wait a minute, if you're going to have to have my phone number and have to have my name and have to have all this, I'm going somewhere else. And I'm telling you, they'll stop doing it if enough people start leaving. Trust me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and this is right. where we don't do enough, though. OK, a, a thousand people go into a shot and five people conscientiously object. And it's not enough to move the needle, folks. OK, same thing with this radio program. If I was to do like a porn dance on a on a vid cam, then, hey, I'd get tons of money. If I go ahead and speak on the cause of liberty, then I get like, you know, a nickel if I'm lucky. Okay, I, And I'm not trying to be rude with this, and I know it's not exactly true. It's virtually true, meaning it's mostly the point. Yeah, there's a few exceptions. But the, the point that I'm making is we need to double down for liberty. Until we do, as a, as a enough of an American people, at least 3% or more, we're not going to move the needle. But we can't also, as a society, say we've done all that we can do either, because we haven't. But don't worry, as Kurt always says that other than that is not so bad but john whitehead says the worst is yet to come contact tracing immunity cards and mass testing is here lol
1: yeah this this is a great column sam I was found at ronpollinstitute.org um entitled the worst is yet to come now john whitehead i love his writing i love his column he can be really quite pessimistic but he's painting the worst case scenario, or at least he's helping to paint that case, and um, his column is way too long to cover on the whole show, but there's two or three aspects of it I really do want to cover, and that is what he says here, about a dozen paragraphs into his column, he says this, he says, quote, whatever dangerous practices you allow the government to carry out now, whether it's in the name of national security or protecting America's borders or making America healthy again, Rest assured, these same practices can and will be used against you when the government decides to set its sights on you. The war on drugs turned out to be a war on the American people, waged with SWAT teams and militarized police. The war on terror turned out to be a war on the American people, waged with warrantless surveillance and indefinite detention. The war on immigration turned out to be a war on the American people, waged with roving government agents demanding your papers, please. And this war on COVID-19 will be yet another war on the American people, waged with all of the surveillance weaponry at the government's disposal, thermal imaging cameras, drones, contact tracing, biometric databases, and so on. So you see, when you talk about empowering government agents, to screen the populace in order to control and prevent spread of this virus, what you're really talking about is creating a society in which ID cards, roundups, checkpoints, and detention centers become routine weapons used by the government to control and suppress the populace, no matter the threat. This is also how you pave the way for a national identification system of epic proportion, end of quote. A national ID, Sam, that's right. That's what the globalists want us to have. Your comments about this before I step into the next part, which is talking about all of the bad things that can happen when you have a national ID card, Sam.
0: Well, he says this, and I want to repeat this phrase. I know you just mentioned it, but I want to say it again. Whatever dangerous practices you allow... The government to carry out now, whether it's in the name of, quote, national security or protecting America's borders or making America healthy or making America strong or safe or rich or whatever. Again, these same practices can and will be used against you when they set their sights on you. And uh, this is what the patriots need to understand. Okay, so this is really important. uh, What John Whitehead is saying, the worst is yet to come. He's saying that because they're talking about contact tracing. They're talking about testing and they're talking about isolation. They're talking about literally controlling the people. And they're talking about putting measures in place to do that. The second they have the authority to say we're going to test you for coronavirus and or contact trace you to find out how close you've been or not been to somebody who's infected. Pretty soon all they got to do is insert into your database that you were close to somebody infected. How will you be able to ever say no I wasn't? Or no, it isn't true. They'll say, no, the data shows that you were and that you are. And therefore, we've got to test and contact. It'll be the new way. Whenever a patriot is not liked or needing to be harassed to stop from speaking out or whatever the case may be, they'll just simply say, you know what? You were near somebody. And if you say, no, I wasn't, they'll say, we have good word that you were. And now it's a debate. You know, he he said, she said, the data shows otherwise, Sam. And so when they put that together with a, you know what? national id or global id is what it will become a global id with contact tracing says sam you were near somebody how are you going to refute that how are you going to stop that and then pretty soon hey we got to isolate sam for the good of the public okay this is serious serious business john whitehead finishes up this incredible column by saying this you can't live in a constitutional republic if you allow the government to act like a police state you can't live in a constitutional republic." if you allow the government to operate like a dictatorship, right? You can't claim to value freedom if you do these things or allow these things to happen uh, on your watch. And this is critical. And you can say, well, Sam, you guys are just alarmists. And my response is, think about this. What if I would have told you three months ago, hey, they're going to lock everybody down. No one will even be able to leave their house hardly. You're going to have food shortage. You're going to have... Everybody would have laughed at me and said, oh, come on, Sam. You know what? It happened literally overnight, and it happened without any real evidence. As we dig into this, we find out it's not even a whole lot worse than the common flu. And numbers have been inflated and manipulated, and we've been flat out lied to by Fauci-led Trump administration and the media. And Trump and the media seem to be at odds, but yet neither of them are telling you the truth about the coronavirus. Liberty Roundtable Live has painstakingly been telling you the truth. But again, we just get eclipsed and ignored. And if we push too hard, then they'll, what, contact trace us? Say, wow, you're infected? Then they'll make a fake test that says you're, well, you got to be isolated? Where are we going with this? How far will this go? Now even the head of the Federal Reserve is saying it's going to take till the end of 2021 to recover, even economically speaking. Well, they said we were going to be locked down for, what, two weeks at first? Now folks are still locked down with no end in sight?
4: I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City Policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God
5: This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's advanced distance education program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org.
0: All right, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, riding shotgun today. You can't live in a constitutional republic and allow government to act like a police state, ladies and gentlemen. You can't claim to cherish or value freedom where you allow these dictators to just move around and do whatever they want with the people. They've done that with the coronavirus without really any scientific backing or evidence. OK, they've moved the goalposts over and over and over. They first said we just got to lock down to flatten the curve. Then they built a gazillion hospitals at, at trillions of dollars, billions of dollars. And then they run around and go, oh, well, no one went to the hospitals. Let's take them down. And then they said, oh, well, it's not that we need to flatten the curve now. It's that we got to make sure that, that people don't get sick. Or we got to, and, and they keep changing the goalposts. Now what is the lockdown for? Well, we can't open up too quickly because we might have a resurgence. Well, they didn't talk about a resurgence before. They just said we don't want everybody to hit the hospitals all at once. At first they admitted that, you know what, everybody's going to eventually end up with this. And the only way to really get. Herd immunity is if enough antibodies are in people's bodies. Okay, that's what happens with every other virus. That's why the flu is not so devastating all the time, because people have antibodies against it. So at first they said, we just got to flatten the curve. Then they said, well, we can't have a resurgence. What will be next as they continue to change the goalposts? And as long as we allow them to act like this and take away our liberty, all on the dishonest altar of security, they're not using any scientific evidence for this. They're just babbling. They don't even know. They've been lying. They said first, hey, decades of evidence says healthy people should not wear masks. Even Fauci's on record of saying this. Hey, it's not good. People can wear masks wrong. People are breathing in, um, you know, what is it, CO2 or whatever, carbon dioxide. Uh, Instead of oxygen, uh, it can make you lightheaded. It can make you sick. Don't do it. And they said that for decades. And then on a dime, they're like, oh, everybody has to wear a mask now. They have literally melted down in their dishonesty. They have faked numbers. Even Deborah Burks on Trump administration's, quote, coronavirus task force said, I can't trust anything the CDC says anymore. That's an incredible indictment, folks. And then she goes on and says, look, the numbers are probably 25% inflated. That is one of the top doctors saying that, folks, not me. Okay, so they've created a flat out credibility crisis. Now we have this operation, uh, what is it, warp speed for vaccinations? Are they going to force you to get the vaccine? What if you're not vaccinated? Are you just a danger to society? Are you going to be considered, you know, back, like back in the, what, the witch trials, the Salem witch trials? If you're not vaccinated, you're like a witch? Or the equivalent thereof? This is serious, Lol.
1: Yeah, you're going to be an asymptomatic carrier of the virus, Sam. If you don't get a vaccine, then uh, you're going to be forever um, infecting people around you. That's that's going to be what they say. That's going to be the the pretext for forcing mandating vaccines on everybody. Because if you don't get the vaccine, there's no guarantee that uh, you're not an asymptomatic carrier of the virus. You're going to be killing people left and right. And uh, you can't be shaking hands, can't be giving hugs to anybody, even your own family. We're just going to have to isolate you, buddy. We're going to lock you up in a cage so you can't hurt anybody. Um, that's what's, uh, you know, that's going to be our lot unless we unless we object. Now's the time to object because by the time, uh, you know, this, this goes down the road too much farther, you won't be in a position to be able to object effectively. Sam, it's pretty sobering.
0: And if you think you're going to go to the courts for relief, good luck with that. Another case shows the Supreme Court doesn't protect our liberty. Lull? Well,
1: the U.S. Supreme Court got another case wrong. Uh, and I know this comes as a, as a huge surprise. I'm speaking satirically. Um, they often get stuff wrong, folks. And their opinion in Kansas versus Glover further erodes the Fourth Amendment. Um, this case should never have gone to a U.S. court. So what's the deal? Well, Charles Glover was pulled over in Kansas by a deputy sheriff named Mark Mayer. The sheriff's deputy ran his license plate and found that Glover had a suspended license. And, by the way, why I need your permission to travel the public roads is another question. We can talk about that another time. But assuming that he needed the government permission to travel the roads and he, his license to do so was suspended, well, the sheriff's deputy pulled him over and uh, cited him, the traffic stop, arguing that there was... Um, uh, a reasonable suspicion of a crime being had, the crime of driving without, uh, 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 you know, or driving with an expired license. And so Glover fought this, and uh, he moved to suppress evidence gathered during the traffic stop, arguing there was no reasonable suspicion of a crime. The deputy stopped the car on the assumption that the car's owner was driving the car. You know, that's, you know, you could argue that that's reasonable. You could argue that that's unreasonable. But the the district court granted the motion. So, in other words, Glover won at the district court, but the state took it to an appellate court, which overturned the district court ruling. Glover then took that to the Kansas Supreme Court, who reversed the appellate court ruling. So it's flip-flop, back and forth now. And then Kansas prosecutors appealed to the U.S. Supreme Court, which overturned the Kansas Supreme Court on an 8-to-1 decision. Justice Sotomayor casts a single dissenting vote in that case. So he loses. He wins the district court, he loses it at the appellate court, he he then um, wins at the Kansas Supreme Court and loses at the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, this case was not a federal case, it should never have gone to the Supreme Court, and it wouldn't have gone there except for this concept we call the incorporation doctrine, which is frankly speaking, a bastardization of the 14th Amendment. Did you know, Sam, the Supreme Court invented the incorporation doctrine out of thin air 57 years after the ratification of the 14th Amendment? And yet they use that incorporation doctrine. They say it grew out of the 14th Amendment, and it makes the Bill of Rights, Amendments 1 through 10, apply to all state governments. This is absolutely wrong because the, the, the first ten amendments to the Constitution applies only to the general government. And you, how do you know that? Well, because the framers of the Constitution, they put those ten amendments in place, fully understanding and living in states that um, did not, well, they had state religions in in about half a dozen of the 13 original states. And so no way were they going to let the first amendments to the constitution apply to the state they had state religion and and they they passed those bill of rights living in those those very states so they knew that the first 10 amendments did not apply to the state but this incorporation doctrine it's the pernicious doctrine invented 57 years after the ratification of the 14th amendment to which they say it you know grew out of well why do i say that this shouldn't even gone to a U.S. court, because there is no warrant in the U.S. Constitution for, you know, giving the general government police powers uh, within the state. In the District of Columbia, yes, that 10-mile-square section, yes. They have full full sway there, but not within a sovereign state. The Kansas Supreme Court opened the door to federal intervention by basing its decision on the Fourth Amendment, Instead, the Kansas Supreme Court should have exercised its own sovereignty and said, and rested an entire case on the, on the Kansas State Constitution, which says in Section 15, it reads as read, follows, Quote, search and seizure. The right of the people to be secure in their persons and property against unreasonable searches and seizures shall be inviolate. And no warrant shall issue but on probable cause, supported by oath or affirmation, particularly describing the place to be searched and the persons or property to be seized. That alone is sufficient. The Kansas Supreme Court should have relied on that entirely, 100 percent. Should never have mentioned the Fourth Amendment. And the attorney for Glover, for Charles Glover, should never have mentioned the, the Fourth Amendment to the Constitution. Why? Because it doesn't apply in Kansas it doesn't apply in Utah. It doesn't apply in any of the 50 states. It applies only to the general government in the District of Columbia and the forts, posts, and magazines, and other arsenals where the general government has jurisdiction. There is no need to invoke the Fourth Amendment. Well, some people may argue, but what if a state court gets it wrong? Well, that's, that's a fair question because state courts do get things wrong sometimes. But a bad outcome at the state level, Sam, only applies to that state. A bad outcome at the Supreme Court, like Roe versus Wade, for example, ends up as a judicial precedent that applies all across the several states, every single, all
0: 50 states. And what I see here, Lowell, is when governments do this, they did this in um, Round versus Board of Education too. What yep. they do is they quantum leap and jettison all historical reality, and they yep. jettison fact based on the rule of law and historical precedents, and they quantum leap into this, we just want it to be this way. And when they do that, we the people need to demand that our legislative body and the executive branch literally impeach these judges for belligerent violation of the law. But when we, the people, do nothing and we allow these quantum leaps to happen and then they they become case-precedenting in and of themselves, we have lost these battles. And this is where Americans, again, would say, oh, we've lost our republic, stick a fork in it. I disagree. It's that enough of us aren't demanding a change. When they do this, they should flat out be impeached. That's the constitutional remedy. And if we don't insist on it and jealously guard our constitutional republics across the country, we will lose them. And this is an example to make the point, like no other.
1: That happened here in Utah, as you remember, about 10, 15 years ago. Remember that judge that lost her seat on the bench because she railed at the brother of a gentleman who was accused of poaching a deer in the state of Utah? That, that simple news story and that video of the, of, the, of the judge in that case went viral. And Utah refused to, to uh, impanel that judge. The next time around, she lost her seat.
0: See, and it proves that it's rare, but it can be done when the people get, uh, you know what, angered enough or incensed enough. And I'm not talking about any violence or anything. I'm talking about using the appropriate checks and balances to insist that our republic is carried out with fidelity. And when that's violated, if we don't stand up and we lose it, it's nobody's fault but our own.
1: Yeah, that judge in Texas, remember we talked about last week, that's the lawn owner who opened for business and got thrown in jail for a week.
0: Yeah, see, now everybody went against the judge, the governor, uh, yep. Senator Ted Cruz, okay, the attorney general of the state, and good for them for doing it. But until they push hard enough and impeach that judge, I'm telling you, you're going to have a thousand more like it do the same kind of abuses, and it won't become so viral because the media won't take it up or the timing won't be right. Who knows? But again, I'm telling you, that judge needs to be gone, sir. Absolutely, Absolutely gone for abuse of power, dereliction of duty. And this is really where the rubber meets the road when it comes to restoring and protecting our republics.
1: And that's why we need to be out in the street, folks, and their businesses Let's support the businesses who open up. Um, I think we have a lot of power. I know a lot of people who are refusing to shop at Costco and Walmart because of their social distancing policy. We have the power in us, Sam, and we need to exercise it and uh, put down these government thugs who want to abuse their authority, Sam.
0: Amen to that. You know, ladies and gentlemen, incredible hour. Lowell Nelson always brings the real topics to the table for incredible introspection and attention and focus and, I don't know what you say, dissection. dissection. We've really got to work on understanding the sacred cause of liberty. And when the going gets tough is when the tough need to get going, folks. We need to insist on the checks and balances that made America great if we want to keep America great. My goal isn't to attack anybody here, but to highlight the truth and what we need to do to stop this train of rolling for literally trading our liberty for security. We'll wind up with neither, folks. Don't forget that wise counsel from our founders. Thanks,
2: Lol. You're welcome, Sam. This nation shall endure.